All right, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Rigos Rag Podcast. Schedule was thrown a little off. We had the reactionary podcast to Donus Alexander last week, so if you want to check that out, feel free to go to the site. Today, we got some good stuff for you. Jacob is unable to be on tonight. He's busy, but I am here with Nathan Britton, and we got Matt Valdovinos here, contributor at Rigos Rag. Matt, how you doing? I'm always doing awesome, guys. I'm glad to be here. Always doing awesome. Glad to have you, man. I love the enthusiasm. That's what we need. That's what we need. All right. Glad to have you on, Matt. Uh, I guess we'll just get started. Uh, uh, Obviously, with stat predictions, there's a lot to take into account. I mean, where do you start? Because I know that's kind of your MO, you know, doing the stat predictions. And he's got some defensive stat predictions coming up. So, you know, where do you start? What's your thought process going through all that? I just kind of go, I start I start with their numbers last year, right? Everyone's numbers last year. And I kind of start there and think about how things change. And the biggest, the biggest, the hardest one for me this time was Alex Smith yeah. because it's a totally different unit of pass catchers, right? If he goes into the same offense with, with Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, you can kind of expect similar numbers, but you, you don't have those people. You have different, completely different players, a, a different system, a Jay Gruden system that actually kind of inflates quarterback numbers. So I started with Alex Smith and I went to what I think a good season would be, and then I wrote everyone else. And from there you go and you look and you can't have five different people catch for a thousand yards, right? That doesn't make sense, actually. Are score. you sure? <laughs> Now, you never know, but so then you have to think, okay, well, this person can't catch this many. If he had this one, Alex Smith isn't going to throw 500 balls. Like, it's, just, it's not going to happen. You just have to make sure that when you're writing it and what you're doing, it makes sense. Chris Thompson was someone I was looking at who probably will have a dip in receiving production. Did a lot last year in the spring game, but it, with Darius guys coming in, the run game's a little bit stronger. He's not going to get to see as many screen passes and things like that because he's not going to be on the field as often. That's interesting. That's interesting that yeah. you feel that way about Chris Thompson because I'm actually working on a piece that I actually think he's going to have another really, really strong year. I think that actually I, I said that I think he's going to have a stronger year because he's going to have the benefit of a more improved run game with Darius guys leading the way, Jordan Reed healthy, Jameson Crowder, and that guy, uh, that guy in Paul Richard to take the top off. I think that Jay Gruden knows what he has and he's not going to go away from it. And I think that the more down the field type stuff and Darius guys being an actual, hopefully an actual number one running back, you know, he, he has every opportunity to be better than he was last year because he's not going to be the focus as much. They're going to have to try to stop the other guys. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think Darius guys coming out of college was a little underrated in his ability to catch the thank, football. Thank you. <laughs> um, like LSU runs the ball. That's what they do, right? They produce running backs and they run the football. They really have quarterbacks that just sling it and they really have running backs that just can go out and catch the ball. Um, it's something I think Darius guys is capable of doing. Something that I, don't, I think Rob Kelly really, really struggles with and P. Ryan didn't do much of last year. Just Thompson and Geis, I'd love to see a lot of split backs. I think that'd be really good. And I think it's a very dangerous formation that they can go to with Thompson and Geis both being receiving threat. But it's just, like you said, with Richardson, Doxson, you're hoping can be that number one this year. Uh, Crowder always gets numbers if Reed's healthy, Davis is healthy. It's just a lot of mouths to feed. So we'll see how the production kind of splits up in that way. Yeah, that's really interesting that you bring up all the mouths to feed. I mean, a lot of people talk about Smith's supporting cast last year. Like, oh, he's going to the Redskins. Like, who do they have? You know, we actually got a lot of good options. Yeah. So going off of that, uh, let's talk about your prediction for Alex Smith. Because last year was obviously a career year for him. He threw for 4,000 yards the first time in his career, had 26 passing touchdowns, just a five interceptions. I think he also ran for over 300, 400 yards. I can't remember, but you have him topping those numbers. You have him breaking 4,000 yards again, going for 4,300, and then going 30 pass touchdowns. I, I like that. If it comes to fruition, I like that. Only eight interceptions, 66% completion percentage. 
300 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns. Go a little more in-depth with that. Brought up Jay Gruden and how his scheme can elevate quarterbacks. We have saw that happen with Kirk Cousins. Just talk to me a little bit about that. What was going through your head? Well, that that's definitely the biggest thing, right? Jay Gruden, to me, one of the best passing offensive minds in all of football, right? I'd like to see a little more from you know his ability to create run schemes. But when it comes to just getting his receivers open, I think Jay Gruden's a top five mind in the NFL. And even Andy Reid came out and said that when Alex Smith went to the Redskins. I think Tyreek Hill is a better receiver than anyone the Redskins have. And Travis Kelsey, because he's healthy, is a better tight end than the Redskins have. Yeah, I think it's the depth that separates us from Kansas City, right? Albert Wilson is okay. They didn't, they like, just did, and Kareem Hunt's great, but they just didn't have a lot of depth. It was yeah. very, very heavily focused on their three big skill position players. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think Albert Wilson, I kind of think of him as like a discount Jameson Crowder. You know, he's, exactly. he, he's good, but he, he doesn't really have the ability that Crowder has. Like Crowder's a really good slot receiver. And I've brought this up before. I think we all have at some point in the offseason. You know, everyone talks about the Chiefs offense. Was, oh, he had Tyreek Hill. He had Travis Kelsey. You know, there's no way we can amount to that. But the Redskins have a lot of weapons. How do you see Paul Richardson? You had Paul Richardson going for 500 receptions, 800 yards, five touchdowns, topping his. He's going to catch 500 year. balls, Matt. 50 like, receptions. Yeah, <laughs> big time receptions. receivers make big time plays. Alex Smith, 20,000 yards. Book it. What do you think? What do you think about Richardson and his impact? Because he's obviously a guy on end zone targets for the Seahawks last year. He was very effective, but he's also a guy. We talk about how Gruden can scheme receivers open. Richardson's a guy who can get open on his own with his speed and his route running ability. So, how do you see him fitting in there? So it's it, it'll be similar to what Deshaun Jackson brought, but it's not going to be the same, right? I think Jackson is a better deep threat. I think Deshaun Jackson's probably the best deep threat the NFL's ever had. But I think Richardson's he's got stronger hands and he's got better body control. So that means not only can he run the fade and he can kind of dip over his shoulder to catch it or the, the long, long streaks, he can also go across in a slant or something and Alex Smith will be able to find him because that's what Alex Smith does, right? He's not looking for the one receiver or he's not looking to make that big time play. He's looking to find the open receiver. And that's that's why his, he's always got low interceptions. He's always got a high completion percentage because he's an efficient quarterback. Instead of taking three plays to go 50 yards with one big play, he'd rather take three plays 30 yards and have a 10-yard completion, 10-yard completion, 10-yard completion. So that's where I think Richardson will come in a little bit. I think the middle of the field is going to be really, really full for the Redskins because Doxon can do it. I think Richardson will be able to do it a little bit. And then you have Crowder, Reed, Vernon Davis, Chris Thompson, all guys, they, they like to run in between the hashes a little bit. And so I think that's where Alex Smith's really going to make his money. And so when everyone's focusing on that, that's when Paul Richardson's going to get his chance on the deep ball. That all makes sense. Talk to me a little bit. One last thing before we move on with Alex Smith. You got him going for a career-high 30 passing touchdowns. But I noticed that with that inflated pass touchdown total, you have his interceptions up to eight where he's going to throw generally four or five, maybe six, but almost hitting double digits a little bit high from talk about why you think that he's going to with less of a proven deep threat in Paul Richardson compared to Tyreek Hill and less of an outside receiver in Josh Doxson, more inside oriented with James Crowder and I can't get right Jordan Reed. Talk to me about why you think his pass touchdown number is going to go up so tremendously. So Tyreek Hill's a great, he can score touchdowns. But most of the time he does, they're usually on the long ball, right? He outran someone. He doesn't bring a whole lot once that offense gets into the 10 yards, the 5 yards. That's where the Redskins have, I think, one of the best casts. Jameson Crowder's excellent at finding this little underneath drag and just finding a way to get in. Like the little opening that he gets there. Jordan Reed plays well off the zones. Vernon Davis plays well off the zones. And then Josh Doxson is, you know, the 50-50 balls become, 
you know, 75-25s. To me, though, the most frustrating thing of the entire Kirk Cousins era was his inability to throw the ball in the end zone. He, he put up a lot of touchdown numbers, but it wasn't like 5,000 yards, right? He, what was it, two years ago or three years ago? Put up like 4,900 yards, it's like 25 touchdowns or yeah, something. Yeah, 2016. Whereas Drew Brees or Tom Brady, when they throw 5,000 yards, they're throwing 50 touchdowns. It was one thing that just really bothered me. I don't know what the issue was, but he just couldn't, he couldn't throw the ball into the end zone. And so that's something where I think Alex Smith will be better at, and I think the Redskins cast is better at, the, at, at getting open in the end zone and has a better capability of doing it than the Chiefs had last year. That makes sense. Now, moving on, you talk about the cast of characters, a guy that you mentioned you think he's going to have a little bit less production this year is Chris Thompson. I noticed that you have him going for 75 carries for 400 rush yards, two rush tees, but really where he's going to make his presence felt is in the passing game. You have him going for 50 receptions, 550 yards, and two touchdowns with an 11 yards per reception average. You have his yards per reception going down from 13 from last year, but you have him getting 50 more yards and 11 more receptions. Talk to me a little about why, again, you think that his, his role is going to be a little bit more diminished. And do you see a way where he can kind of work back into that form he was last year? Because I, I truly think he's going to have a, at least in the passing game, he's going to have a better year than last year all around. I mean, obviously, he probably won't jump up past 13 yards per reception. Um, talk to me a little about him, what you think he's going to bring this year to the passing game to help complement Alex Smith. Well, the, so the reason the receptions, reception yards go up a little bit is because the predictions are based off 16 games. Chris Thompson only played 13 10. or 12, 10. 10. Yeah, it yeah. says games played 10. Yeah, so that means if he plays 16 games, that means he played six more games and only put up an extra 100 yards. And I think, again, it's just the mouthing with, with Darius guys coming in, obviously, is going to impact his rush numbers a lot. And also, that's why I don't think he's going to have very many rushing touchdowns. Because, I mean, while I love Chris Thompson, the most likely rushing touchdowns he's going to get are from, like, a pitch that we saw against um, Los Angeles last year where he's just running outside behind Williams or he, break, he breaks a big draw or something. Because once I think once we get into the end zone and we're turning out yards, you have three running backs on the roster who are just better at that than Chris Thompson, where you have guys, P. Ryan and Kelly, who are just bigger backs. And then for the receiving thing, uh, the touchdowns is a little low, and that's just because I, I think there are so many mouths to feed. If Jordan Reed's on the field, I think he's probably you know target number one most of the time when they're in the red zone. Josh Doxson's probably number two. Paul Richardson with great body control might be number three. And so it's just, you know, you don't often think about your running back as your number one option. Uh, now with Alex Smith, that's kind of a hit or miss thing to say, though, because he is always looking for the open person. He's not, you know, looking at because this is Jordan Reed, I'm going to throw it to him. He's going to look, oh, he's covered, he's covered, he's open, I'm throwing it to him. But Chris Thompson, just with the number of people and how they, they look to spread the field, it's just kind of an awkward way to get him into it. So I think most of the yards will come off of screens, which he's one of the best in the NFL at, and the Redskins line is terrific at. And then other little Swiss kind of last second uh, hot reads is what I think he'll be is where he's going to make most of his yards and most of his his touches are going to come from. You see, the uh, the Chris Thompson prediction was interesting to me when I looked at it because, you know, you brought up you guys brought up he only played 10 games last year and he had over 500 yards. And so I'm looking at this. You know, Alex Smith, he's never had a weapon like Chris Thompson. You know, he's had premier running backs like Frank Gore and Jamal Charles and Kareem Hunt last year who, you know, they kind of have the do-it-all skill set where, you know, you can they can be your outlet receiver. They can be your workhorse running back uh, and you know, do all that stuff. Chris Thompson, he's got Darius Geis to do the workhorse stuff for him, so he doesn't have to worry about that. You know, I'm thinking he's the perfect receiver for Smith. You know, just kind of dump it off and get the yards after the catch. But at the same time, it's a fine line to balance because, like you said, got a lot of mouths to feed. You didn't put Darius Geis' receiving yards. Do you see him kind of chipping away from Chris Thompson's total? I don't think he'll have anything 
um, close to. I really don't expect him to take a lot off. I don't know. I also don't expect he might have like a screen or two uh, every once in a while because the Redskins will run a screen with any running back. Um, he also he might be a hot read or you know a play action if Alex Smith is just getting blitzed and he's right there. But I, I don't see guys being much of an like an immediate option in the pass game like Thompson could be. I got you. I got you. Yeah, and we brought up earlier the two-headed monster can kind of kind of work miracles for this team, you know. It's something that we haven't seen Jay Gruden do a lot of because he hasn't had this much depth of running back, but that's exciting. Um, let's pivot to tight ends. I got to go to that slide again. I am. I need a refresher real quick. So you have Jordan Reed. You have him staying healthy. 70 receptions, 750 yards, eight touchdowns. Why? Where's the? Where's this confidence coming from? Because you know I'm pretty confident with another off season. You know he can get a clean bill of health, but you know he's had a lot of concussions and stuff. And I know a lot of fans aren't certain. Is there a reason that you think that he's going to be healthy, or are you just are you just saying like, yeah, it's got to be sometime. Why not now? Um, there, there's no like, you know, I don't have any secret information. Other people that don't have yeah, staying yeah. like reads healthy or anything. It's just I. I'm not going to do a predictions and say, oh, Jordan Reed's only going to play six games, right? <laughs> um, like, that's, I think that's just as outlandish to pull off of, you know, saying he plays all 16 games. So you're um, looking at it as like a, uh, like a best case scenario type deal with your prediction for him? So it, it was a best case scenario along the lines of being reasonable, right? Because a best case scenario to me is Jordan Reed plays all 16 games. Uh, he goes for almost 100 receptions, puts up like 1,200 yards and 14 touchdowns, right? Because he could do that if he played all 16 games. That's very true. But that's not likely. So this is, for me, this is based, this prediction is based on probably like 13 to 14 games is my hopeful, most likely best prediction, right? It's what I think the best case scenario that's most likely to happen. Yeah, that makes sense. I... I can't see him staying healthy. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, and I'm not trying to poo-poo your prediction because I think if, if he does stay relatively healthy, and when I say relatively, I mean if you get you know 12 games out of him this year, I think that this stat prediction is is very accurate. Maybe the TDs are a little bit inflated, but um, if you know if you get more than 12 games, if you're getting you know 13 to, to 15 games from him, I mean, I, I, why not? Why not have this? So. I can't see him staying healthy for that, but I think this is a good style to go off of. If he can stay, you know, relatively healthy for him, uh, he, he's, you know, he's a matchup nightmare. When he's on, when he's when he's right, he's on. He's the best player on the field. Yeah. Um, I, I think that if he does stay healthy too, I think even your Alex Smith projections could be, you know, a little bit, you know, that thirty touchdowns could could be come to fruition. That forty three hundred passing yards could really make sense. I mean, well, yeah. Yeah, so I, I think that, you know, these two guys can really complement each other. And, and if you can stay healthy, I think this is a great prediction for you to have for him. That, I mean, that's my biggest thing, right? Um, like, oh, the Redskins don't have Travis Kelsey. We do. He just never plays. Can't stay healthy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he just can't play. Um, to me, to me, when Jordan Reed, and this, is a compl- this isn't even from a Redskins fan, this is just, when Jordan Reed's healthy, he's the best receiving tight end on the field, right? Jordan Reed can't block to save his life. Nope. He can't. <laughs> he's terrible. It is, it is awful. 
Um, that's why, like, if I could have any any tight end in the league, I would still take, you know, probably Travis Kelsey would be my first option. I love Gronk. He's dominant, but he also has issues staying healthy. Travis Kelsey is a fantastic blocker. He's a great receiver. Great um, after the but, catch, too. Yeah, he's just great at everything. But when Jordan Reed's healthy, he's an even better receiver than Kelsey is. He's better after the catch. He's a bigger mismatch. Um, it's just, it's such a big if, if he can stay healthy. Like, you know, if the Redskins as a whole can stay healthy, yeah, they can make the playoffs. But that's like a reasonable if. You know, most teams get to stay healthy. Last year was just a phenomenon. Yeah. And we, yeah. for Jordan Reed, more likely than not, he's not going to be healthy. So that's why that if is huge. And we can always yeah, play I, the if I, game. I, I, like, if you if you say if, like, every week, like, if they do this right, like, they could go 16-0. Yeah. and 0. It's that way for every team. Exactly. Yeah. If it, if, uh, I mean, you know, it, if the real really down the line, I mean, that if if Jordan Reed can stay healthy, then I mean, really, I think that that changes your season. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the expectations for them are, you know, right around a hundred, give or, right around five hundred, give or take a game. If he stays healthy, that's a completely different. You know, you're in a completely different field because he he can go out and, and win you two games alone. You know what I yeah. mean? So I think that that's massive. But we're talking about how he can't stay healthy, so let's go ahead and move on to the backup tight end of Vernon Davis. <laughs> Reunited with Alex Smith, you have him going for 28 receptions for 350 yards and two touchdowns. I like that, except I think that he's going to have more than 28 receptions. I think he's going to be in that 35 to 45 range, and okay. I think that the, the yardage will go up a little bit with that. Uh, he's not going to go out. I mean, short of Jordan Reed only playing, you know, having a year like last year, Brent Davis isn't going to go light up the world. And even if, if Jordan Reed is out, you know, there's other options for Alex Smith. There's Paul Richardson, Chris Thompson, and all those guys. So talk to me about how you came up with these numbers, why you think that that's where Brandon Davis is going to be. Do you see where any reason he could go a little bit, you know, above your, of your predictions? Well, so the first thing is, again, like these Vernon Davis predictions are based on the thought that Reed plays 12 to 14 games. Yeah. Um, so that's where this kind of comes in. And on top of that, I like Jeremy Sprinkle a lot. The the rookie for, or last year was a rookie coming into his second year, the tight end out of Arkansas. I think like I know I understand tight end is thought of as a, a big need, and we talked about this on Twitter a little bit earlier. But I like Sprinkle. I, I like what he brings to the team. So I think he takes a little bit of a leap this year, and maybe takes a little bit off of Vernon Davis. And I didn't talk about him in the article, but I think he could go for like ten receptions, fifteen receptions, and you know, a hundred, hundred and twenty five yards and maybe two touchdowns. So that's kind of where like the missing yardage is here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Vernon Davis, well you know, he's a fantastic player. He is a, a little bit up there in age. He's like thirty two or thirty four. He's um, old. He, but he's he's getting up there. Yeah. He's the ageless so, wonder. He just keeps going. Yeah. Right. But I mean, while he's a great player and he's still athletically gifted, it does catch up to you. And so this is just kind of under the presumption that um, Reed plays 12 to 14, Sprinkle takes a little bit of a leap, and age catches up a little bit. So that's kind of where I get the numbers for and what like the feel is. I like the Vernon three. Davis is yeah. 34. Yeah. Okay. So I would not have guessed that either. So <laughs> I know he just doesn't, keeps going. doesn't move like it. No. Right? No, he moves better than Jordan Reed, honestly. No, just kidding. <laughs> I mean, when Reed's not healthy then, but yeah, but that, that goes without saying. Um, so yeah, good stuff on the tight ends. I can't believe we skipped over this, but let's let's pivot back to wide receiver real quick because uh, I'm looking back here, and you have Josh Doxson going for 1,000 yeah. yards. I know you're high on Josh Doxson. You think he's one of the better contested catchers in the league, but 
what do you see there? I don't really, I don't see it yet. Convince me. So in the 2016 draft, right? The Redskins were at this weird kind of, we had just made the playoffs and we took Josh Doxon and everyone was like, was confused and why Josh Doxon was actually one of my, this was before I had started writing. Josh Doxon was one of my sleeper candidates for the Redskins to draft. I thought Doxon was the best receiver in that draft class because the only two receivers taken before him were Coleman and Fuller and neither of them have really, you know, Will Fuller had a really good start to the year, I think, but yeah. he's just kind of, he's pretty much deep threat. Corey Coleman hasn't stayed healthy. Um, Josh Doxon, you know, was injured his rookie year. That sucks. Um, I think his production last year is kind of, it's not entirely his fault, right? Obviously he could have done something, but at the beginning of the season, I'm not sure why, but he just was not game planned in very well. Um, we rarely yeah. got to see him and we didn't really see, we didn't see him, the ball thrown his way until Kansas city game. It's because Ryan, Ryan Gruden was here. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, exactly. Like I was shocked when Ryan, Ryan Grant was one of the outside receivers. Like, like he's a he's a solid, consistent guy. But when it comes to just pure ability, he's he's just not on that level of Josh Doxon. Um, I think this year, it's it's obviously it, to me it's the make or break year. Um, we're gonna find out at week seventeen at the end of the game. We're gonna know we have our number one receiver for the next couple of years, or we just missed on a draft pick, right? Um, yeah. he's, he's got the ability to be a great receiver. It just depends on how it goes. Uh, he, he claims he's as healthy as he's ever been. We have a brand new quarterback. We have a great passing scheme. We have a running game. Hopefully that takes a little bit off and our defense is hopefully improved. So I think Doxing could emerge as, as the Redskins, n- no doubt, number one receiver. Um, so that's why I gave him 75 rece- receptions and a thousand yards. Uh, I, I don't. Even if you know he he becomes an incredible you know number one receiver, I really don't see him getting anywhere north of eleven fifty, maybe twelve hundred yards. I think a thousand's kind of the number to look at. But if we can get anything close to like if we can get nine hundred to eleven hundred somewhere in that range, Even I feel completely comfortable moving forward. With Josh Doxson is our number one. I I love that you said that this is a make or break year for him too because I completely agree. Um, I think that the, the the stat line you have for him is exactly what you'd expect to get from a first round wide receiver. So I think that anything less than this, to be completely honest, would be underwhelming. Um, I yeah. know double digit touchdowns is, is hard to really give to a wide receiver. Who's the number one, if he's not one of those top tier guys, but you look at what he had last year. I think he had like what, six. I mean, yeah, he had just, six on 35 receptions. Yeah. I mean, he, he's a touchdown. He's a touchdown magnet. So I actually, I know uh, talking to, I'm talking to some buddies and everything, predicting i i thought that that would be right around where he's gonna get touchdowns i thought he's gonna touch that double digits before he hit the thousand yard mark for receiving yards but the 75 receptions is what really speaks to me i think that if if he can get to that number it shows that he's he's stayed healthy he's gotten separation enough for alex to throw to him he's gotten some contested catches that that speaks more to me than the yardage yeah and i'll, I'll yeah. go ahead and back that up we're we're kind of we're getting slim on time here so but I'll go ahead and back that up because Doxon is a first-round talent. I mean, we kind of forget that. You know, he had the contested catchability. He's far from slow, too. You know, he can generate separation. I think he ran a 4-5. So running down the field, he can gain separation. And 
I think it's all going to come down to whether Alex Smith can help him out and give him chances. Because I know Kirk Cousins and Josh Doxson, they didn't always help each other out. A lot of times they did. Like Cousins didn't really have to throw it directly at Doxson because Doxson's kind of the guy who can go up, can leap for it. Like his catch against Seattle, that was amazing. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he's got a wide range. And they didn't really always help each other out. I think Smith is a more precise passer. It's just going to come down to, will he give Doxon those chances? I know Smith likes to pass to the open guy. If if Doxon isn't, because Doxon makes his living beating guys in 50-50 balls. Yeah, even if he's covered. Yeah, and so if Smith isn't going to give him those chances, that's the only reservation I have. If Smith, which, hey, don't get me wrong, I'm fine if Smith finds Reed or Crowder down the middle for a 15-yard gain, you know, running through the linebackers, but... You know, it doesn't speak well for Doxon's production if he's not getting all those chances. But we we had Travis Steffen on the podcast. He's a Chiefs writer. And he said, uh, what you get out of Smith is what you ask from him. And I know Gruden was always in Cousins' ear, you know, trying to get him to take more chances. So if he Those 50-50 balls. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So if he can get Smith to kind of take more chances, the interceptions might go up. But Doxon could, you know, could be the receiver that we always wanted to be. We um we're at 29 minutes here, uh, so let's uh, pivot to rookies real quick. Nathan, I know you've been itching to talk to Matt about Darius guys. Yes, go on, my for boy. It. <laughs> no. So I like your predictions: 220 touches for 1,000 yards, eight touchdowns. Um, I think you're a little bit wrong. I think he's coming for Dickerson. I think he's coming for Dickerson's record. Oh, yeah, year yeah, one. He's going to take it. Adrian Peterson's going to be blown away. And now nah, I'm just kidding. But I, I do like him hitting the 1,000-yard thousand, uh, thousand mark. I think that that would be great for him to, to kind of kind of silence those questions he had. If he can stay on the field and get 1,000 yards and not really have any character, so I think that's great for him. I think that if you get the 1,000-yard marks, I think that this team is I think this team is going to be in contention for the division at the end of the year because yeah. we know they can pass the ball, but their problem has been in the run game, and it's – partially the talent they've had in the backfield it's partially Jay Gruden's scheme if guys can come in and fix that and and you pair him with Samaj P. Ryan in the short distances and Chris Thompson is the receiving back I really think that this team this guy's the limit for this team I think that they'll they'll, you know scratch and claw all the way down for the division if that can happen you have him at eight touchdowns which I think is awesome you have him at 4.6 yards per carry now talk to me a little about that is that you know do you think that that's going to be the improvements on the line with a healthy offensive line and Chase Roulier, Chase Roulier stepping up and having a second year, or do you think that's going to be a lot of man-made yards? Because when I watch guys, I see a lot of he has excellent balance after the first contact. I mean, he can he can you know get sideways, get get in between these tiny holes, get you know pushed around a little bit, and come out and keep that balance and and uh, fight for a few yards. He's great with first contact. So talk to me a little about that. So. Even though he went like seventh, Darius Geis was the consensus number two running back coming out of the draft. Yeah. Um, a lot of people um, that you know I'm close to and I've talked to a lot of scouts thought that he was arguably the number one. Um, you right the here, biggest your reason boy right was, here. Hey, the biggest reason was because Saquon Barkley, as an athlete and just as a prospect, was you know he he breaks tackles and he, he hits these 80 yard runs consistently and he does everything like that. Darius guys can do it, but he, he doesn't do it as you know as often as Barkley's not as explosive as an athlete. But the one thing Barkley couldn't do that guys just completely outshines in is if the first person hits Darius guys and it's just one person, good luck. Good luck. Like, yes. I, I wish the best for you. It's not going to happen. 
Um, so you, he hits a second guy, and he's still churning out one or two more yards. And so that's the big difference. Uh, the difference between averaging 3.5 yards per carry and 4.5 yards per carry is a Pro Bowl berth, right? And that's that's also just one yard. So Darius, guys, that one extra yard that he's always fighting for, he's running angry, as he likes to say. That's that's where that heart comes in. That's where that difference in players are. And so that's just where I think that 4.6 comes from. The Redskins have an excellent offensive line. That left guard spot is terrifying. But other than <laughs> that, you have arguably the best left tackle in the NFL, uh, a top five right tackle in the NFL, a top five right guard in the NFL, a good young up and coming center. Right? It's that left guard spot, but you can you can mask that with four other starters and a good running back. Yeah, and Laval's mo is his run blocking. You know, yes. he's, he's a liability pass protection, but <laughs> so he, he's at least you know he at least gives his all in run blocking, and he can drive guys forward. So that's the area where Darius Geis is going to need him and. Geis is good where he can kind of mask any deficiencies of the offensive line. Because like you said, if one guy gets through and hits him, I'm sorry, he's still going. You know, it's, yeah. it's going to take more than that. So definitely a lot one to look of, forward to. One of my favorite things about Darius Geis, what I think he does best, is he's able to take those should be negative one to negative two to no gain and turn it into, you know, net, no gain plus one plus two just, just off his balance and his power. So I really think that he's going to benefit a lot this year from having that feared right side of the line and that like you guys said that just that power he runs with and if it's one guy yeah you know it's gonna be on it's gonna be on uh monday night reels (laughs) come on man it's hilarious all right well hey we are basically out of time but before we go i just want to say one thing you had trey quinn getting 350 yards and something or whatever i'm sorry he's breaking the thousand yard mark that's all i got dropping the mic all right. Ian Quinn. Ian Trey Quinn. Quinn season. Yep, Trey Quinn season, man. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We got some good stuff here. Look back on the site for any recent pods, and we're going to have content up there every day. Thanks for listening. Have a good night. Peace out.